Welcome to Megan Meets, a podcast hosted by me, Megan Scully, in association with Salt Float and Recovery Suites. Ireland's first dedicated natural health spa, offering flotation therapy, infrared and traditional Finnish saunas, contrast therapy, and no contact compression massage and more. Salt is located two minutes from the M6 motorway on the outskirts of Galway City and they stock a wide range of Irish health and wellness products. Take time to look after you this year at Salt, experts in holistic wellness. Keep listening for special offer at the end. In the first series, I'll be exploring health and wellness and each guest will be chatting to me about the work they do. You'll learn more about alternative healing methods, health, happiness and so much more. Get involved by using the hashtag MeganMeets. Hit subscribe and share the love with friends and family are those who you feel could benefit from the health and wellness topics and methods discussed. I'd like to now welcome Maria Ramberg, who is from Just Be, a teacher, but also what I love is a creative mindfulness practitioner for kids. You're very welcome. Thanks a million, Meg, and I'm absolutely delighted to be on. You know, as I said just a few minutes ago, I've really enjoyed your podcast. Just the variety of guests, I think, is unreal. Um, I suppose, like, I'm absolutely delighted to be on to share, like, the Just Be love, but most importantly, I suppose, to raise awareness around the amazing work that's going on in the creative mindfulness community. You know, it's obviously a, a pretty new community, but there's just amazing people and amazing work going on. Um, I suppose, just to mention, I'm a mom, I have three children. I'm a primary school teacher and a creative mindfulness for kids practitioner. So I suppose my life has kind of come interlinked on so many different levels. Um, I grew up here in Oranmore. Um, I attended the same primary school that my kids now attend. Oh. And initially I went to college in Galway. Um, really, when I think about it, I think I, the course I ended up doing, I, I mean, I didn't even do leaving cert subjects for that college, but my main reason was that uh, my friends were going to college in Galway <laughs> and I chose a course that meant I could travel. So, uh, and that's what I did really. I spent time in Germany and Greece and America and Australia before landing in London to do my teacher training. I suppose I ended up in London because my parents are Londoners. Oh, wow. They were born and reared there. And they married and then came back to Ireland. So it's, it's quite comical, really, when people like ring my house, like my dad has like a Frank Butcher, like Cockney accent, and we're like so Irish. But, you know, and um, when they did move back here to Ireland, you know, they obviously had us. My grandparents were delighted because they're all Irish. So they were delighted to have their children move back. <laughs> but I suppose most importantly, they kind of encouraged them to stay put, you know, whenever there was maybe other job opportunities or something, it was like, no, stay where you are. And I think it was really sound advice because we just had such a great, you know, upbringing and childhood in Dunark and Drive, you know, playing down the rocks, hanging out down the village. And, um, you know, it just it was just a lovely, lovely, you know, lovely, you know, lovely, lovely upbringing. And I suppose, you know, like it gave me a sense of community and belonging, you know, or more is very important to me. Uh, so, so much so I later went on to marry one of my Dunarkin neighbours. Oh, no way! <laughs> I know, I know it was, um, it was gas after all the years of traveling and being away and whatnot, to, you know, to end up, um, you know, coming back to Ormore and marrying my neighbor was quite, quite the topic of conversation for a while. And um, I suppose becoming a primary school teacher and working with kids was always on the cards for me. Like I'm the oldest of four. Like I grew up in an estate, like full of kids out playing, minding kids, you know, helping out in the neighbor's play school. And my mother was a childminder. So I was lucky, I suppose, when I decided I wanted to do my teacher training in London, that I could live with my maternal grandmother. So, um, you know, that was unreal. It kind of took the hassle out of deciding where to go to college and everything. 
And I suppose listening to your episode about your time in London, like really resonated with me because I, I know I lived with my grandmother, but I went completely on my own. Yeah. And I suppose it's the only time in my life I did something like completely on my own. And it was just, I loved it. I loved it, you know, just, I suppose, spending time with myself, by myself. You know, just again, like like you were kind of saying, like day trips on my own, you know, going to parks on my own, people watching on my own. It was just like, you know, it's I learned so important. much. It's oh, I say I to learned... my friends all the time. I'm like, you, do you know, I was like, have you ever gone for a coffee on your own, even just sat in a coffee shop completely on your own and not be on your phone? And they're like, why would I do that? And I was like, please just try it because it's, it's, I ask anyone to have like a solo date, go on a date with yourself. You have to do it. Oh yeah. And like I even was out for breakfast with a friend last week who's been living away for years and years. Delighted to be back in Galway. It's always been the dream. But I said, how are you coping with knowing lots of people again? You know, like, I mean, I had no problem spending hours in Greenwich, for example, going to markets yeah. and bookshops and coffees and, you know, totally by myself. In actual fact, I would say most of my Saturdays, that's what I did. You know, it was it was just it was just brilliant. You know, like, as you know, life in London is a real eye opener. And, um, you know, I was studying while I was studying, I was working like in a pub and a betting office. Uh, Weatherspoons and Ladbrokes. Oh, <laughs> very London. People, yeah, very London. And, you know, really toughened me up. And I took the green out of me, if you know what I mean. Um, and I suppose I just met so many interesting people and learned so much about like life, religion, beliefs, and just became really strong and more independent in myself, definitely. Do you know, I suppose it was during this time I would have had my first experience of kind of like yoga nidra and going to yoga classes and mindfulness and breath work. Like I really probably had zero experience before that other than I loved walking. That would have been my my goal, my goal to activity. Um, but I suppose it would have also been the first time I experienced real stress in my life. You know, I was studying, I was working. I mean, at one point I had a two hour each way commute to teaching practices. Um, and then when I did start, you know, teaching, my first permanent post was in like, um, when I think about it, uh, a really deprived, you know, school in a, mm. like a, a, a part, like I think it was referred to as one of the most deprived states in Europe at the time. And like, it was very challenging. You know, I experienced stress, I experienced anxiety, I experienced weight loss. I experienced issues with sleeping, which is so detrimental to me because I am a different person if I don't get enough sleep. I mean, I just, I just can't do it. Like I did have some coping skills. Like I loved walking. I loved reading. I used to attend yoga classes. I used to go swimming, but I just, you know, I just couldn't understand why I was feeling the way I was. I mean, this has been the plan. You know, I had worked really hard. I now had a job that I love, you know, really wanted, but yet I was feeling so distressed. So I suppose that was like, a bit of a turning point in my life. I mean, I was really lucky that I worked with like some really cool and amazing people in London. I always kind of say, you know, um, there's like two people in particular who I actually don't even know where they are on the planet now, but Roisin Bentleap and Sarah Maskell will always forever be in my mind and my heart. They were just kind of like my mountain at the time and definitely my first um, mindfulness teachers. You know, they just were just such an influence in my life at that time. Um, you know, I don't know, Megan, I'm sure you're the same. You just meet these people, don't you? And like, yeah, they're only with you for a little while, but the impact always, is there forever. Yeah, I kind of, I always like my my earth angels, the the people that you kind of just, yeah. as you said, that kind of, they come into your life, they might not necessarily be there for very long, but they'll always have massive influence. Like I have um, 
I have a, a woman, Teresa, actually, she's, she's from Galway, lives in Galway. And uh, yeah. when I was living in London, she came over to me to, um, to do like yoga with me and to do kind of mindfulness and to do pretty much a lot of things that you mentioned, but she came over and like, like flew over and brought me around London and brought me to um, a Buddhist temple in Bethnal Green, I think it was. Okay, cool. And I remember she brought me in for, and to got me to come in and we sat there and we were the only people in, in the temple and I'd never probably been in a Buddhist temple before. And you yeah. know, she showed me the kind of the, the way that you're meant to go in and take your shoes off and all that. And then we went down and we sat on the floor and we um we did some um and some chanting. Yeah. And we're there, we're we're doing our alms, doing our chants. And next minute I just broke down. I apps, I never forget it. I was just arming away, you know, kind of just going, okay, fine. I'm just kind of I'm going along with what she's doing. And next minute I just broke down and I never cry I remember that I'll never forget that cry because it was just really intense ah. and I really powerful and the way it hit me inside in that Buddhist temple I kind of I think it nearly afterwards I was kind of going did something did something like come from somewhere here but you know I thought it was something in the in the temple that yeah. did it to me but obviously it was me and I think you know there's people like that that will will maybe bring out those kind of I suppose those blockages in some way and show you it, it's yeah, and kind of open you up to new things like yeah one of the, one of the ladies I mentioned in particular she used to be just be into music and she was like big into church singing and stuff like that and she used to like do these little singing sessions in her house like when I think about it now and she actually lived her address was something like love joy drive or something oh, wow. like you know like it was just and you go and it was like it was so random but so brilliant you know completely I just think London did that for me you know exposed me to things that I've would never have done before and probably will never do again because you know my my life has in some sense has become very mainstream and um, you know yeah, um, well, I think like I London as well would you sorry would you would you um yeah. I've been thinking lately and it's uh, I actually often wonder because you've done the London thing as well I've been because we're cl so close to Shannon Airport I've been actually planning I'm in my head I was like you know what someday I'm just gonna take like two days off work or I'm gonna take a weekend off and I'm actually just gonna fly on my own to London and do a weekend on my own over there because like that yeah. I had such special memories of being on my own over there that I want to go back and just stroll the streets and just like that have no plan and just go walking and you know get my coffee and stroll around yeah. London and, and do that and something I, I just I think like, I do yeah I like your thinking actually I suppose I have I suppose I've had a different perspective in recent years and you know something I need to shift that you're right I should do that because I suppose I was very fortunate having grandparents that lived in London and, you know, you know, they lived into their 90s. You know, they've since in recent years passed away. So I'd kind of no longer have like a home place in London, if you know yeah. what I mean. Albeit I have extended family and stuff over there. But I know what you're saying. I really should jump on a, a flight and do the sites when, sometime because I know I'd love it. So love yeah. it. Yeah. It's no, such an energy. When I go back to London, oh. I'm going, oh, my God. I was like, how did I? And I feel like when I was there at the time, maybe I didn't appreciate when I lived there. I feel like I didn't appreciate it as much now as when I now when I go back for a weekend or go back to visit. I, I feel like there's this mad energy in there that kind of even though obviously it's a very yeah. busy and tiring place. It also there's something really energetic about London. Uh, the buzz and like I know like I'm home a good while now, but I was probably about two years home before I missed London. Mm. That makes sense. I was so happy to be home. I was trying to sort out my life, you know, work and different things. And it was about two years back when I was like, oh, what I wouldn't give for a stroll on the South Bank now. You know, what yeah. I wouldn't give to head into Greenwich, you know, it's um yeah, look, I, I think I will. I think I'm gonna take take <laughs> take your advice and head back and just, you know, enjoy it for what it is, you know. 
Um, I loved your podcast, your episode with Patrick McKeown. You know, uh, breathwork is yeah. just part of my everyday life. And I know, like Patrick mentioned that, you know, learning how to breathe properly was like the single most important thing he has ever done. I would definitely say the same for my mindfulness practice. You know, it definitely is the single most important thing that I have done. And it's just amazing to see how it's trickled out into my whole life. You know, my life as a parent, my life as a teacher, wife, daughter, you know, everything. It really has trickled out into my whole life. I suppose like becoming a parent and especially having twins first. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, it was a total baptism of fire. <laughs> I mean, I was really lucky. I had such a healthy pregnancy. You know, I was mentally, physically strong. But look, new parents will tell you burnout is just, you know, around the corner. You know, um, I know, you know, Dr. Phil Noonan mentioned about, you know, having unrealistic expectations, you know, like thinking you can be everything to everyone. Yeah. I think this is like part of the burnout sp spiral for everyone, particularly for me as a parent. You know, like just, again, unrealistic expectations of myself and others, you know, doing everything for everyone else, mm -hmm. having no time to look after myself. You know, you get exhausted. You, your tolerance is low for even normal things. You start feeling guilty and the next thing burnout, you know, and I suppose it was it's another point in my life where I was like, OK, I need to start actively looking after my own mental health here because, you know, it was just so unpleasant to be feeling all of those things. So at that point, really, I started to actively look after my mental health and well-being as in to say to myself, this is you know not on. I really need to look after myself. And um, I don't know, Megan, have you ever heard of I, I think this is a really brilliant course that's free that people should know about it's a where do a life skills course it's oh. an online course and they do it face to face so oh. essentially it's cognitive behavioral therapy yeah but it's a weekly kind of program self-paced I think it's over six weeks I can't remember but like you know a lot of like journaling noticing your thoughts and mm. feeling um kind of you know I suppose it was at that point I realized I actually didn't really know the difference between a thought and a feeling not really. Yeah. I really had to think about it. So I suppose like we assume that adults have the, all these skills, you know, that we are like mentally strong and we have our act together. And like, I don't think we do. Like, you know, we, we talk about children, you know, learning how to self-regulate and so on. But like, I don't know, do does every adult know how to do it or do they even know what it is? You know, like I, I suppose I have the toolkit now. I made that investment in myself. And like, I suppose just as an example, like, you know, if I'm feeling stressed, stressed, yes. like what should I do? So I would say, you know, focus on what you can control, let go of what you can't. You know, I feel like I'm not good enough. What should I do? I have the tools now to say, well, look, you know, I have strengths. Everyone has strengths. You know, no one is perfect. You know, I should, you know, focus on what I can do instead of what I can't. And, um, you know, everyone experiences anxiety. You know, I'm feeling anxious. What should I do? you know, um, really focus on the here and now. The only time is now. The past is over. You can't go back. You know, the future isn't here now. The only time is now. And the whole piece around breathwork. I mean, I would encourage everyone to listen to Patrick's, um, you know, enthusiasm and passion for breathwork. I mean, you'd just be hooked. It's amazing, so, isn't you know, it? It is. Like, and I just, I just think we assume that everyone has these skills. And they don't like I, I was chatting to my mom recently and another thing I kind of resonate with my dad has had a lot of really kind of complicated health issues mm -hmm. for a good few years now and you know mom is unreal she's his carer and she um was saying you know people are so kind they're so kind but they say things like you know 
you know, you really need to look after yourself. Or, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, we all know that. But it kind of got me thinking, like, like that's, again, assuming that everyone has the skills to look after themselves. Yeah. I think it would be fair to say that most people are better at looking after other people than they are themselves. It's easier, though, I think, as, in, in, as you said, when people, because a lot of people, as you said, don't actually know. Like, even, like, for example, you mentioned Patrick and the breathing and the breath work. I didn't know that there's such a thing as wrong breathing. And it was only oh, then yeah. when I like interviewed him, I was like, and then I was so conscious. So I was like nasal breathing. So I find out oh. when I'm driving my car, <laughs> I practice my nasal breathing when I'm driving. So I'm like, okay, think of the breath work. And I'm, I do find that it actually, it's about relaxing. And I know people say, oh, take a deep breath when you, you know, if you're wound up yes. or you're anxious, take a deep breath. And you kind of go, okay, fine. And you think they're just saying it to say it, but it's actually like, no, when you breathe properly, it, it, it does relax you and, and does create this uh, special space. But Maria, I want to um, move on to the creative uh, mindfulness. Mindfulness, you... yes. Yeah. So, I mean, back, like, I mean, I got started bringing kind of breath work, you know, as I, I like, I'm a primary school teacher. I've always worked in like big urban disadvantaged schools. Like I've worked with families from all walks of life. So I suppose I started bringing kind of like mindfulness and breath work into my classroom about 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. Um, I suppose as a teacher, you know, I would have the skills to research and plan lessons, but I was kind of self-taught. I hadn't had any official training. And then I suppose in about 2018, I was researching and I came across this amazing series of children's picture books called Mindfully Me by Louise Shanahan. I don't know if you've heard of Louise. Um, Louise is the founder of Creative Mindfulness for Kids. And I mean, she's just done a huge amount of work in that area. And um, I was interested because she actually ran Mindfulness for Kids classes and worked, worked in schools, but also had a teacher training program. I suppose 2018, life was bananas. It just wasn't feasible for me to go face to face. But I did kind of keep following her and, you know, like using her resources and kind of exploring more kind of shorter courses about mindfulness for kids. And I also worked like with an amazing colleague we captured and I suppose we were like minded. We started, you know, ensuring bringing mindfulness into the classroom, you know, was very much on the curriculum and part of classroom life. And I suppose, you know, you know, hard and all as 2020 was, it opened up a lot of opportunities for people. You know, Louise Fine, you know, was able to bring her course online. So Creative Mindfulness for Kids teacher training went in the online format and I signed up. I was like, I was trying to, you know, remote teach my pupils, support their well-being and then homeschool my own children. And I just really wanted to change up my own practice. But I also really wanted to train as a Mindfulness for Kids teacher. Um, like Louise, the course online, Louise's course online is unbelievable. Like she has literally put her heart and soul into it. I would recommend anyone to check her out. It is www.creativemindfulness.com. She's just such a array of like resources and different options for courses, but also just her passion. Like, I mean, she, I, she mustn't, I don't know how, where she gets all the time to put <laughs> into it what she has. Um, she also has created Ireland's first ever mindfulness curriculum schools and it's called the Mindful Heart Curriculum. I am also trained in delivering that and like it's just we're a community now like the creative mindfulness community is growing every single day. It's gone international and it's just unreal. So I suppose that's where Just Be came out of. Um, you know, I is my fourth child literally at this stage. <laughs> um, I just love it. Every bit of it I love. 
preparing, planning, you know, welcoming new people. It's just been unreal. I've had such support from the community here in Ormore. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's just been life changing, you know, to have such, you know, a positive route to go down, you know, um, the whole piece about supporting and promoting children's mental health and well-being is so important. I mean, like, you know, the likes of John Kavatsin, you know, he has highlighted that by even just teaching 30 minutes of mindfulness a week to children, you know, after only a very short period of time, there is an increased, you know, improvement in attention, concentration, all emotional, social well-being, everything. It's just, it's just a no-brainer. Like there's a huge amount of research out there, like, you know, mindfulness in schools and teaching mindfulness to kids shouldn't be like an actual add-on. It should, yeah. should be like the most important skill. Um, I don't know if anyone's listening and they have an interest or yourself. It's an Australian organization called um, Smiling Minds. And they have like a really interesting piece of evidence-based research supporting mindfulness in schools. It's can just I, well, it, sounds, it sounds absolutely incredible. And can I just ask like, you know, we mentioned there a while ago about our, our adults and how we should know what to do, but we don't. How are children when it comes to training them mindfulness now, obviously we always say and it's the old thing that you know children like sponges they they take things up very easily yes. and they are very good for adapting but how do you find they are do they understand what mindfulness is or, or what exactly like would a, a kind of a class or a course consist of that you could that, that you yeah know, you could it's funny <laughs> that's like a question that everyone asks so <laughs> I suppose I like just I suppose really what I do is I'll outline what a just be a typical just be class would be like you know, like the kids would arrive, it would be kind of like a nurturing environment, you know, like blankets, soft toys, hot chocolate snacks. And for the younger kids, it'd be a whole array of play stuff, you know, kids need to play, you know, to express themselves. For the older kids, it'd be kind of like art and mindful colouring, relaxing music and kind of chatting and getting to know each other, you know, that's really important. And um, then we'd always do like a circle time, which would be kind of like, um, maybe good news, bad news, or two roses and a corn, a gorgeous activity where, you know, they might say two positive things in their lives and maybe one sad or bad thing. And um, we might use like a talking stick, you know, the person who's holding the stick has to be heard. And uh, when we, to show respect for them, we say ho to show they've been heard. And um, then a big part for me is the whole piece kind of around drama and things like that. I think children need to get out of their heads into their bodies so singing laughing movement you know gentle yoga you know the kids it's interesting I kind of operate two age groups four to eight and nine to twelve and like you can literally see the line down the middle of the age groups where the four to eight year olds haven't developed this inner voice of self-doubt what the older kids have so like the younger kids would love like the laughter yoga and dance yoga like with older kids it's kind of like they do get out of their heads and into their bodies because they're so busy laughing at me doing it by myself <laughs> you know but it's just amazing you know how that would you know how, how that just one year makes such a difference Um, I suppose like we would start in by like maybe picture books are a huge part of my classes so like there's so many amazing authors out there now you have Christopher Dr Christopher Willard I don't know if you've heard of him he does a huge amount of research and work around mindfulness for kids but he also has lots of picture books he's a really cool book called alpha breaths so to help the kids connect with their breath i'd be using lots of playful and creative 
breathwork ideas like crocodile breath, hot chocolate breath, Spider-Man breath. The kids love making up their own breaths. Um, and then you'd support that with creative expression, as in the kids would make their own breathing props. So like windmills, candle breaths, flower breaths, breathing lanterns. Literally, I suppose this is the side of it that I love. It's like as many creative ways that you can think about to help the children, you know, connect with their breath. And then they bring these props home and over time they build up their own just be kit to kind of find oh support. I'm like, yeah, it's really can, I, can I fake yeah. my birth certificate but, and say that I'm a child? It sounds no, amazing. No, but even for me, like just mm. making the stuff and research, it's yeah. so therapeutic. It's so calming. It, like it just, it's like, it's just brilliant. And then like you'd kind of like, you know, gently, and I suppose mindfulness can be fun. It, you know, people always think that mindfulness is this quiet, still be present thing. <laughs> yes, it is, you know. Yeah, but like, it's also fun. It's creative. And like for kids, it has to be engaging. Like there's no two yeah. ways about it. And, um, you know, we talk about our thoughts. They're like clouds. They're only passing by. You know, there's a beautiful meditation called blue sky meditation. You know, where your 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 mind is the sky and your thoughts, the clouds only passing by. I do like bubbles to represent mm. our thoughts. You know, some are big, some are small, some stay for a long time and some pop and disappear really quickly. And, um, you know, I'm, I have little Buzz here. He's my old pal. And um, Buzz would be part of like a meditation, the busy bee meditation. And, you know, Buzz is a really busy bee. And we want Buzz to just stop on one flower for a few moments and just breathe. And yes, Buzz might jump to lots of other flowers. But we always try and bring them back to this one flower moments to just breathe. And the kids love all that, like the metaphor of the flower and the bee, you know, it, it helps them access like um, a mindfulness practice in a, a fun and engaging way and um, would do a huge amount of work around kind of our feelings. Yeah. Our feelings are our friends. They're like visitors. You need to be kind to them, you know, um, a whole piece around everything belongs that all our feelings belong. You know that everyone in the whole world feels like this sometimes and that you're not alone and um, i mean there's just so much but really really i'm trying to think of the things that are most important i'm um, honestly i'm learning loads here now i'm yeah. just here sitting here looking out at the blue sky at a few little clouds and i'm yeah. like that's, just, that's actually such a nice metaphor of the clouds it's it is, so it is. Especially, I like bringing the kids outside, cloud watching, and they like, I mean, it's just, I particularly notice in school where I'm working with the same group of kids, you know, I suppose the one thing I would like to note about schools for anyone that thinks that I'm this, you know, mindfulness practitioner in school, it's very tricky as a classroom teacher. I would love to see a scenario where more projects are being funded, to, you know, to you know, facilitate mindfulness practitioners. In an ideal world, I would go in and just be a mindfulness practitioner, not both. You know, it's yeah. it's 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 a kind of like mindful breaks are huge in my class. Uh, things like my mind jar, you know, take three breaths, and um, hand breathing. These would be my little breaks throughout the day. But like a formal practice in the classroom as the class teacher is tricky. I don't want yeah. anyone to be under an illusion. It just is. You're trying to deal with behavior. You're trying to deal with all the other curriculum subjects. So mindful breaks huge in my classroom, but formal practice, not so much. I feel like I would need someone else to come in to do that. And um, we were talking about friends. Oh, five people I can talk to. Really important that when you have difficult thoughts and feelings, we use like, five fingers of our hands and we name five people that we can talk to. You know, again, that whole kind of common humanity that everyone feels like this sometimes. And it's really important to know that you have someone to talk to. 
um, you know, self-compassion, as you know, is a really important part of mindfulness and how we talk to the kids like that is you know, about that is practicing your own best friend, you know, that uh, you really have to love yourself first. So the kids would love doing things like that, you know, fortune tellers, that blast from the past, you know, um, how can I be my own best friend? They like that. I made fortune tellers recently. Yeah. Uh, picture books, beautiful picture book called Listening With My Heart by Gabby Garcia. Just teaching the children about being kind and compassionate and to love themselves, basically. Um, you know, a really short little practice that I would do in school every day is, you know, put your hand in your heart and say, I love to be me or and then reach up to the sky and say, I shine bright like a star. You oh. know, just, yeah, no, it is. It's really, really, you know, face to face mindfulness is powerful with kids. I did do a lot of online stuff and I think it's really important to just mention a couple of things because Galway Sports Partnership during the second lockdown put together a mindfulness initiative, but they also were the first partnership to offer an online initiative for kids. So I I was there, the kid element, if you know what I mean. And like over two separate blocks, more than 150 families signed up. Wow. So like, I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, parents, people really know the importance of looking after children's mental health and well-being. And that, you know, it's just testament really, isn't it? That Yeah, and I just so feel there as you're talking, I actually kind of got this wave of emotion over me because I think... Yeah. I kind of was thinking of my own self as a child when you were saying all yeah. that, and I was like, you know, how powerful that would have been when I was younger. Yeah. And just just like for me, like I suppose personally going through my parents separation as a child, it would have been to have that kind of space. I think it's it's, it's a safe space for, for children. I think it's very important, to, as you yes. said, like be, like sometimes it's hard to be the teacher and the mindfulness coach. But also I'd say sometimes it's probably hard to be the parent and the mindfulness coaches. And for other parents yes. now who are listening, maybe thinking, oh, I might try this at home with my kids. And I think it's very important to maybe to bring children to, to your workshops and to bring them to someone who can be their mindfulness coach to teach them yeah. these things. Because as you said, it can be hard for kids too to probably open up to their parents, even from a young age. And it's it's good to have a a safe space where they can learn these tools and I have to say I I'm learning loads and I'm in my 30s and I'm taking yeah. away loads of stuff here yeah it's just you know and like I mean again let's be under no illusions like my classes it's not like they're quiet like they're very noisy busy but we have like beautiful moments like what we just shared there I felt that wave of emotion too and like it's just those little snippets you have to have realistic expectations with children there's little snippets where you know that they're getting it you know that they're practicing and like that's what I do as well like at you know at the end of each class I just there's certain things that are the exact same and they're the things that the children engage with the most so at the end of each class my closing practice would always be no matter what you're thinking no matter what you're feeling in this moment it's okay everything belongs everything belongs and that's when we put our hand on our heart and say I love to be me and we shine bright like a star because that's what you are and like that, I get the shivers every time I do that because the kids for just those like 30 seconds are quiet and present. And, you know, mindfulness does give children the beauty of being in the present moment. You know, life is so busy and it's one thing that I'm really witnessing as a parent and I'm trying not to do. But also, as you know, a teacher do like children are taking on an adult lifestyle. Yeah. Stressful, busy you know, running from one thing to another and like they're just not developed enough. They're not able for it. And it's not conducive to positive mental health and well-being. 
you know, it really isn't. You know, I'm 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 a bit old fashioned. I think it's okay for us to be at home and do nothing. Absolutely. I noticed that with kids, they're so busy. Like I look at some of my um, little cousins and I'm like, your schedule's busier than my schedule. They do oh, yeah. every activity. And I'm like, when do they, ha- I, I'm like, when, when do they have a day off? <laughs> because it's, it's so tough now. There's so much going on. Oh, it's like, you're going to like yesterday evening, I was out work, walking and I spotted all, you know, the, the girls football, pink GA jerseys. Like I thought it was starting after Easter. So I'm now in trouble with my daughter because like, I mean, football has started back and I didn't have her at it yesterday evening, you know, and it's just like, look, I don't take it too seriously. And I have absolutely no problem saying no to stuff. And, you know, my kids are pretty good as in if I say we've enough on, they know we've enough on. But I do think they're really taking on an adult lifestyle and they're just not equipped to deal with it. And they shouldn't be. It should be an innocent time, quiet time in their lives, you know, and yeah like the classes have really taken off i work actually out of ormore community center and again i'm such a an ormore head at this stage but i just again really important to mention the community center because community center historically was actually built by people in the community like with their own hands like and you know it was built by the people for the people and like currently like there is a huge amount of work going to improve the facilities there and make it you know a better place for the whole community so that would be my goal would just be I want it to be a community you know I want you know to you know I have, I have so many ideas it's kind of sometimes I just have to I just have to pace myself <laughs> so um so many ideas like I've had lots of requests for p- parenting classes yeah. you know or mindful parenting I'd be very interested in doing that and um, something else I'm hugely interested in and if any of your listeners um have any any information is the whole piece around work mindfulness with children with additional needs and like I work in a school that has you know a number of classes with specific additional needs I've previously worked in a special educational setting and like I can see the benefit in class of breath work for children with these additional needs but until recently like I couldn't I haven't been able to ever find any research you know about it so um, if there's anyone doing a master's and they're looking yeah. for a topic or if there is any I'd love to know it's something that I'm kind of really passionate about I think you know mindfulness should be for all children and all children should be taught the skills to the best of their ability to look after their own mental health and well-being and I, I just think it's an area that there isn't a lot out there at the moment so if anyone out there has any info I'd be thrilled to it you know absolutely um maria ramberg it's been so insightful i feel like i've i've actually taken so much from this and i know it's um it's you know it's for children as well i think it's it's so incredible i think it's so important for children to have that safe space and to get these tools and you know what they might not use them now in the next few years but you never know when they're a teenager when they're an adult they might suddenly remember something that they did in the class and it'll you know i always feel these things will they'll they'll kind of come to you when you need the most and um, but yeah. for those who are listening because I'm sure there'll be plenty of parents listening and who <laughs> want to know how can we get in touch with you or is there a website or is there what's the yeah. best social media so I have a Facebook page which is called Maria Just Be I have an Instagram page which is Just Be Creative Mindfulness and I also have Just Be Creative Mindfulness at gmail.com and yeah, that's where I am at the moment. If anyone wants to find me, I kind of I will be work, you know, doing more workshops over the Easter holidays. Amazing. I'm kind of like taking my taking feedback from parents and organizing things accordingly. And um, so definitely workshops over the Easter holidays. And I really hope to do kind of more specific workshops in the near future, like 
sensory friendly workshops and you know to support specific needs kind of so yeah i know megan thanks a million it's just been mighty talking to you no thank you it's as i said yeah. it's been it's been amazing i'm here like writing down things as well and i'm gonna be writing down notes after this as well because as i said i've been learning so much so thank you for sharing that yeah. with us and i look forward to seeing what's next yeah i don't know I, I, I you just have to pace yourself I, I get the impression you're quite a creative person yourself so it can be hard to keep the lid on that sometimes <laughs> yeah. you know uh, I, I i chose you know just because i'm a bit of a busy bee myself so you know we all need to stop for a little while too yeah, um, and have a lovely weekend you enjoy too. the beautiful sunshine and best of luck with the rest of your podcast Thank you for listening to Megan Meets with me, Megan Scully, in association with Salt Float and Recovery Suites. Get 20% off single therapies at Salt. Enter Meg Meets at the checkout or in store. Check out saltfloatandrecovery.com for booking and for more information. And remember, hit subscribe and share the love with friends and family or those who you feel could benefit from the health and wellness topics and methods discussed.